All right, welcome to the latest edition here that podcast. Growl and Paul Eater Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. Very excited to be talking about the Bengals, even though we're it, it, it just feels so repetitive. It's just, have we done this before? It's like circling the drain, frustration with star players, people yelling about the coach. Oh, Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, the funny thing is it's not repetitive. It's in their last three games, they have a win, a loss, and a tie. You can't be more diverse <laughs> than that, but yet it still feels repetitive. It does feel. You're right. You're right. That is uh, very true. We've got a lot to get to. We have a whole lot to get to. Um, I want to – we need to talk about what's going to happen in the defense since uh, they've lost every defensive tackle they pretty much have had at some point this year. Uh, and they added Xavier Williams, which is exciting. <laughs> uh, to the mix, take over for DJ Reader, who's out for the year. Sam Hubbard's out a couple of weeks now with an elbow injury. Um, what are they going to do? Uh, up front, we got to dive into those issues. We want. I want to talk a little bit about the heat warming on Zach Taylor. Um, maybe real, not real. What's the feeling is inside of the building? We know what the feeling is outside of the building as people are yelling and screaming as they love to do. Question: When is the last time you it, were covering a team? And you know, for me, it's been Bengals. And they lost. I, I would want to ask this to every beat writer across the athletic. You were covering a team, and they lost. And someone at some point on Twitter did not suggest the firing of someone. <laughs> when is the last time that happened? Uh, like, honestly, I it happens every time. It doesn't matter the situation. Every time a team loses, somebody needs to be fired, according to Twitter. And it, that's, it's just the way it is. It's, and sometimes it's everyone. Sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes it's a player. Usually it's the coach. Has to be fired. Must be fired. I know when my last time, it was 2015 after they went 8-0, and then they finally lost the game to go 8-1. and That was the last time nobody wanted anybody fired. 8-1's not so bad. I don't know. I would want to go back and check the tw- I might have to go back and check my mentions from that game against the Texans. Because it was a poor offensive performance. I bet Hugh took some heat. Yeah, I bet he did. You're right. <laughs> or Andy, go to McCarran. McCarran guy was living was was living living well at that point. Uh, so we got it. We I want to, but I want to talk a little bit about that stuff because it's it's out there. Um, we have to touch a little bit more on what's going on with AJ Green in particular, what the end game is here which I don't – we've talked a lot about what has happened and is happening with A.J. Green. What? How does this end? Let's get into that. I want to talk about Andy Dalton, who's about to have his big moment, and we'll come back to uh, Paul Brown Stadium as the starting quarterback, assuming he stays healthy, uh, in December with the Cowboys. Uh, really going to be fun to watch what happens there with him. Guess who is back, everybody? You asked for it. There was there – was, I had many people asking, Went, we need optimistic Bobby back. We need him. And then Sunday happened, and it was apparent they, you, that now is the time. Optimistic Bobby is back. I got an interview with him on the show today. All very exciting, um, including some good news for our Growler Bet winner, Matt Weller. Very good news for him. All that coming up later in the show. Whew. So it's going to be a full one. Is the is the uh, is the moral of the story here? Let's. Um, I teased on the walkout that I have a very something very special coming to you. The growler is going to be fun this week. Got a couple of guests. One Zach Kiefer, our guy from in Indianapolis, is going to come join us, and uh, we've got a lot to go over with him. Um. It's funny, some of the same storylines you see coming out of Cincinnati, coming out of Indianapolis right now. Um, And he has a lot of good notes on what it looks like when a young quarterback gets beat up. His Andrew Luck notebook is very full, and I look forward to talking to him about that. Um, But also, I did tease that we're going to have something very fun. New intro music is coming. 
not today. So I hope you enjoyed your last time with that very ominous football-y open, which has never sat well with me. We're more fun here, Jay. Aren't yeah, we? Keep, keep waiting to hear like John Facenda come in and yeah, do, we don't do need John, John Facenda. No. I'm not John Facenda. Need something fresh and new. Oh, it's fresh and new. That will debut on Thursday, including you'll be hearing from somebody who may have contributed it for us. All very exciting. All right, let's talk about this defense. Uh, Xavier Williams is here. I, I gotta go. We gotta go over who's here <laughs> and who's available at this point. Uh, so, as we mentioned, DJ Reader is on IR. He's out for the year with a quad. Uh, Sam Hubbard's going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Mike Daniels is out for a- an extended period of time, um, and probably not in the near future will he be back. Um, we know everybody else that they've lost is is, is just so many. Um, they're down to we've got Geno Atkins who just got back and played nineteen only pass rushing snaps was what they opted to do. Basically put him in as a as a pass rusher in third and longs, second and longs. Um Christian Covington, who they traded for <laughs> at the end of the preseason, is here. Still. Xavier Williams just showed up. Andrew Brown is still here. Um Khalil McKenzie has been coming up from the practice squad a couple of times. Um Carlos Dunlap is here. Still, he was angry about getting demoted, but I guess he's probably going to get his starting job back now because Sam Hubbard's out. Carl Lawson is still here, and Khalid Kareem is here. And uh, Amani Bledsoe. And Amani Bledsoe, thank you, is here too. Uh, what do you do? Like, t- So to me, here's the thing. They've been playing the 3-4, and to some success – you can't. I don't. They. Lou Anarumo was with us yesterday and sort of said, you, you know, against the Ravens, we pretty much had to go solely to the four three. You know, they're they they're really priding themselves on being versatile to do different things. At this point, I think the four three is really about their only option. I don't. I mean, they, you don't have enough interior guys that you trust. You can still do some of that. With Covington and Geno and Xavier Williams, I mean, you can do some of that still, and certainly you're going to do some of that, but it's just not going to be as effective without DJ Reader. I mean, what if they go to a, a true three four instead of that the kind of the the bunch where they have it's more like five, it's more it, right it's two defensive ends and three tackles. What if they go to a straight three four, one defensive tackle, two defensive ends, and then you've got linebackers out there on the edge the i mean these linebackers are getting better and then you you basically you go geno atkins and sub him out at times i, I think i think last week was kind of a an easing in for geno in addition to he's not the guy you want chasing lamar jackson around in the run game so i do i do i don't think that was a a telling thing what we're going to see as we move forward geno i think we're going to see more from him but yeah i mean they got to figure something out because they 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 they've got numbers there, but I mean, some of these guys just don't have much experience, or if they do have experience, they don't have much of a track record. Um, it's it's going to be an issue because they've already struggled to stop the run, and now you're you're taking their best run stopper out of the mix. Let me just say something that needs to be said right now. Geno Atkins needs to show up and be a guy that is your highest paid player now. Period. Period. The world is falling down around them on the defensive line and in the interior, and this guy is healthy enough to come play 19 snaps in pass rush. He needs to play. He needs to play a ton of snaps, and he needs to play well. Period. You are paying this guy a ton of money to play, and you have. You need, he's the last remaining real guy on the interior of this line. I, I know he has been out for a while, and I know he's coming back from an injury, but he's been good enough to be practicing on a limited basis before, and he's good enough to be out there for 19 snaps, ineffective as they were without a single show, Anything. showing up at all on the stat sheet or on in front of your eyes. Fine. 
He needs to show up and play. They, you, you don't have the ability to baby Geno Atkins anymore. And, and I, yeah, again, I don't, I don't know that that's. I think last week was more matchup related, and it's still babying him because you're, you're. But I, I think it was more the fit of the defense as, than it was bringing him along slowly because of the injury. I think if they'd have played a a more conventional offense, which the Colts are. I, I think we would have seen him more, and obviously we're going to see him more this week because they, they don't have any other options. But yeah, he's he. You can't have another blank sheet. And it was surprising because Pro Football Focus had Geno ranked as the the third best Bengals defender yeah. on Sunday. I don't know how that. Sometimes they see that what jibes. they want to see. Sometimes yeah. they see the number on the back. Uh, you know that's fine. I, I that's fine. I, I I don't have a problem with any of that. My my point is, you know, you can't tell me a dude that's making. $14 million is only effective on passing downs. Like he can't stop the run. Then he's overpaid. And we know that's not the case. We know he can play the run. He needs to, he needs to come in there. You know what? When, when everything was falling down around DJ reader, he played 97% of the snaps against Cleveland. He's been over. He's been at 75, 82 and 97% of the snaps the last few weeks when they, when they've needed him in there, he's had to play more. Dude's 320 pounds. He's had to step up and he's done it. At a certain point, the guy making a ton of money needs to come in and play a ton of snaps and give everything he's got because they need that right now. They need they need a Pro Bowl defensive lineman right now because they're down and out. And they supposedly have one. That's my thought on that. But I think you can see, but I think you can see a little bit more of, you know, you're going to see Carlos Dunlap and Carl Lawson on the edge, Kareem Bledsoe mixed up, up in there. You know, I think you can do that. You saw some effectiveness of with the four, three stuff. I think you have a little bit more, like you said, some faith in your linebackers to go out there. They don't, you know, you don't need to be playing it where um, you're asking them to kind of be TJ Watt types. I mean, but you can, you can have more stuff where you have, Bynes and Pratt and Wilson or Gaither or whatever your combination is, because you're you're building some faith in those guys for sure. You can start to do a little bit more of that, and it does depend on matchup. But you don't want to be, you know, you don't want Xavier Williams playing eighty five percent of the snaps. <laughs> That's fine. You need a stopgap on, on some downs, but you, you you know you can't be dependent on that. And so at some point. You're going to have to find some different answers there. It will be interesting to watch what they do. When we talked to Luana Rumo, he's like, you know, we're working through it. We were all trying to get answers out of Lou yesterday, and he's like, look. He sounded like a dude that has been beaten down. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, look, I, I, I'm dealing with these injuries. I'm trying to figure out what pieces I got and how we're going to put this thing back together. The loss of DJ Reader is enormous. It's as big as he is. He's... Not only has he played well, but he's just he's been the glue holding that whole thing together up front. And the defense has been playing well. What's been happening behind them has been good um, from what was maybe expectations. So you don't want to lose that momentum, but they've got a lot of questions. They've got to figure out how they're going to reformat it. Certainly it's going to test their depth and their versatility that they've been happy with thus far. Yeah, you you talked about the loss of DJ Reader. I mean, what it means X and O wise is huge, but it was, I mean, it wasn't Dak Prescott level, but you could really see when when Christian Covington was on the Zoom yesterday how much it impacted him, and he talked about it on the field, seeing DJ go off and DJ talking to guys as he was going off, and you know this this guy's been here just a, a few months, and the impact he's had in that locker room has been huge, and that it, it, it's a significant loss just beyond what what it means on the field and that there again that just creates that vacancy where you you need Geno Atkins to play great because that's what leaders do and Geno's never going to be the the vocal leader it's not just us he doesn't talk to he he barely talks to his coaches and his teammates he talks to his teammates a little bit um we see that from time to time some chats but they all joke about how hard it is to get words out of him if, if he's going to be the leader he needs to be it has to happen on the field it's true I just there's just no way around it. Like at a certain point, you got to lean on the dude making 14 mil. That dude can't be like something you're you're worried about. 
he's got to be something you lean on, particularly when the pieces fall down around him. Um, we need to get off that topic before I get too hot. I'm trying to be, you know, we're, I told her, we're not John Facenda. We're trying to be happy here, you know. Just that topic is frustrating for from my perspective, and I under and I I, I have, I have like a, a you know a soft spot of understanding. Like dudes coming back from injuries, there's a lot going on there. You got to ease guys in, and he's over thirty. I like I guess, but like you know. Why else do you pay guys what you pay guys? You, you do it because that's what their value is, and that's how you value them. And you think they can carry you through tough times. Well, here's tough times. They need that guy. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick second to hear from one of our sponsors. Let's really let's let's really up the uh, the happiness level here, and let's talk about the hot seat surrounding Zach Taylor. <laughs> Uh, you know, this is this is inevitable when you lose and when you lose ugly and that is everyone wants to, you know, and, and you're now a year and five games into this era and it is what it is. It's 317-1. Um, there's no way around that. Uh, a lot was promised about getting a better feel for the roster and you've got your quarterback and all of these things. The offense has played well at times. The defense has played well at times. Special teams has played well most of the year outside of a few things. Um, And you want to see it all come together. But the bottom line is when you're losing and you're losing ugly in division, uh, the questions come back out from I'll let you start. I mean, how much how much patience can there be how much patience should people fans the front office we know their patience is unlimited but should should fans be expected to have as the as as this goes as this goes on um i i don't think they should be front office level patient but <clears throat> i think i think there needs to be a, a medium there that it's you're, you're still talking about a a team that has a rookie quarterback five games in, I mean, expecting if you're, if you were expecting him to go to Baltimore and win, then yeah, that's you, you're, you're putting too much expectations on it, but certainly nobody thought it was going to end like that. And I think that's, I think it's the ugliness of the loss and that has so many people upset and, and, you know, many, as you mentioned, clamoring for change. Uh, I don't think we're going to see, any change, any coaching staff changes, unless you know every game turns out twenty-seven-three. But there's, it's it's year two of a new head coach. It's year one of a rookie quarterback. Um, but fans don't care about that. They they want to win. They they see Joe Burrow number one overall. The, he's going to take him to the promised land. And I just I, I get the frustration, but I, I do think a, some of it's a little a little unrealistic where they expect this team to be right now. But on the other hand, if if you have, whether it's this week in Indy or it's, it's Tennessee or Cleveland, Pittsburgh, that, that these, these five games that we talked about on last week's pod, this gauntlet, if you have another loss like that, then, then it, you, you it's not the fan base and it's not ownership. You have to worry about It's It's the locker room. I mean, when, when do the players start, losing faith in Zach Taylor and what he's his culture his communication all the all the buzzwords that he's brought in if if you're laying eggs like that that's what you really have to worry about is is things going south inside of that locker room look before last week's game against Baltimore they were even on points in the year through the first four games you know they were a snap or two away from being two and two three and one whatever you want it to be They've been super competitive, um, and I know their standards higher than that. But when you're when you're in the situation that they're in, for all the things that we've talked about and you just mentioned, I mean, you know, expectations of the first half of the season, in particular, you know, uh, are cert- are certainly lower than the second half of the season and next year. You know, of of what you're doing. I mean, that I think we wrote about that a lot when we were doing season prediction type stuff and talking about season outlook. It was. And now, especially as you see the schedule come into focus of what this gauntlet is and what the second half can look like for you, is this is hold on for dear lifetime. 
Like it's just, you know, it's it's uh like those cartoons when when like the the mouse like a Mickey Mouse or something is like holding on to the back of a hot air balloon that's taken off into the sky, right? And he's just waving, just he's like got the one hand, just holding on, flying in the breeze. It's that's that's what this is. Five games, I, you you can tell I watch have to watch a lot of Mickey Mouse, uh, but the, it's 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 just hold on, right? It's the guy that goes over the edge and he's hanging onto a tree and like each root comes out one at a time and yeah. you're just waiting on <laughs> when's he going to snap in the long fall. Yeah, and, and that's what the and that's what so much of what this is and and the tone will be so much different if they can go to Indianapolis and take advantage of a quarterback and Philip Rivers that is struggling an offense there that is struggling that has two touchdowns in their last 22 possessions. And you can build on that and get Joe Burrow to get back on track against a you know a little bit against a, a tough Indianapolis team. You can go win that game. The tone is so different. Things are so different. They've got to do that. A twenty-seven to three loss to Baltimore. You know, Cleveland. Everyone is just talking about Cleveland and their how they're coming together and and oh four in a row and they're real. They lost thirty-eight to six to the Ravens in the opener. Mm-hmm. And the stat line is almost identical of what happened to the Bengals in that game. And I'm not excusing what happened, but it, this stuff happens. Go back and look through every great quarterback. Name a great quarterback. Name anyone. And go look them up on Pro Football Reference and look up their rookie year. Find me no duds. Find me no games where they were just rookied. You won't. Everybody has this. Go back to Andy Dalton's rookie year when they made the playoffs. Everyone ju- judged that year as a success. It's hard not to see similarities to what they're trying to do now. Go look at what Pittsburgh did to him that year with confusing blitzes. I mean, this stuff happens. So I, and I'm not. Ex- I'm not excusing it, and I'm not saying that the buildup of a year and five games of this it doesn't the coach can on notice again. I go back to our season preview podcast with me, you and Mo and Mo had a great point. You've got a few questions to answer this year. Do you have your quarterback? Do you have your coach? Are the two things you want to come out of here and resoundingly say yes with at the end of the year, you can't judge the answer to that second one after five games. You, you, you can't. Well, you got you got to judge it over time. Does he need to be better calling plays? Sure. He got out coached. He got the whole team got out coached, specifically their defense versus the Bengals offense in a big way. And the the quarterback got got outclassed and they've been doing that to a lot of people, but all that happened. And you know, that's all fine and good. The bottom line is they were unstoppable the previous week against Jacksonville. Bad defense, absolutely. They they, they just they were scoring on every possession, moving the ball up and down the field. The next week they got owned. In the NFL, some games look like Jacksonville, some games look like Baltimore. The most of them are played in the middle. The Bengals just rode the roller coaster over the last two weeks. That's all. Baltimore blitzes like crazy because they know if they get burnt, they have the offense to overcome it. That's that's one of the reasons that they can afford that. And you you you're playing. We we we've talked about this being a template, possibly with with after you see what happened to Joe Burrow last week. It, the other teams don't quite have that luxury. The team that's coming up right now doesn't have that luxury. Are are you gonna see a a, a that becoming a blueprint. That's, I mean, that's the big question. Does Indy throw blitz after blitz at, at Joe Burrow? He's been really good against the blitz. It, it, it was just Balt, the way Baltimore designed their blitz. They, they got free runners and just that cumulative effect of, of Joe Burrow getting hit over and over again. Yeah. Five games into his career and you, you look at the first four and even though the record wasn't what you wanted, I think most people are like, yeah, he's, he looks like the real deal. This is one game, um, and as bad as it was, that that's not where the question is right now. Is is Joe? Do you have the quarterback? That still looks to be the case. But the second question is is the one that is going to need to be answered. Because, well, two things with 
you you if you go if you win this one in Indy, two, three, and one is so much different than one four. It's one game, but just feel and look are completely different. And if if you don't win this one, then you're you're talking about possibly one six and one at the bye. And that's when I mean, everybody, all the talk last year about Zach holding that locker room together and they played tough down the stretch. You, you really have to wonder how long that can last if, if these kind of losses, even losses period mount. They need to get to the, the bye week with, with a decent number of wins uh, to have that chance to build momentum in the second half. And if you look at the next four, one of which is after the bye, but if you look at the next few games, I mean, Indy on Sunday looks like the most winnable of the group. Yeah, because they have their issues there, and I'm really looking forward to talking to Zach Kiefer about that on Thursday. Because you're, you know, the more and more you're reading and looking into what's happening in Indianapolis, there's some real, real concern. Stephen Holder, our guy there, called it, you know, the borderline offensive crisis going on for them. I mean, when you're hearing those kind of words thrown around, you have a team that's vulnerable, a team that is not at the level of this gauntlet, right? Like we've talked about. I, I'm. I'm not a big fan of everyone yelling fire the coach. I mean, you know, it's it's what does that you know, what does that do? You you got to at some point you have to have a big picture perspective and you've got to understand to judge over the big picture. And what happened in Baltimore happens to a lot of teams in the NFL and that was just I have I have a hard time being one. You see one thing like that. The first game they've been totally non-competitive in this year, um, and being like, ah, that's it. Clearly, outmatched. The bottom line is his record is what it is. But we also have eleven more games to go judge off of, and I would recommend people do that and and save your high blood pressure, man. There's a lot a lot of problems out there in the world right now. Like don't don't let like. You know the Bengals coaching situation be one of them. Just try, try not to. Um, I will say this: uh, we had a good run passer boot uh, around this from Josh McCullough, a uh, Twitter follower, who said Zach Taylor era most likely will include a return to the playoffs, a playoff win, or never make the playoffs. Run pass boot. What do you think, Jay? Hmm. I'm gonna boot. Go ahead. I was. I say, I'm gonna boot. And never make the playoffs because I think he gets. I think he gets the time. Um, we've seen this from from Mike Brown. I mean, look how long Marvin was here without a playoff win. Um, they they've got Joe Burrow now. They've got their quarterback. Uh, we've talked forever that the the window opens in 2021. You know, unless they lose every game the rest of the year or all but one and finish with two wins again. I, I just don't see them making a change. And I, I do think that there there's a a good chance that this team can be playoff ready in, in 2021. Um, so I'll run with making the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not going to go crazy, say they're going to win a game. They haven't done it since 1990, never bet against the trend. But I will say that the, the most likely is they will return to the playoffs under Zach Taylor, not this year, in before Zach is gone. Um, I'll, I'll pass on on a playoff win, and and I'll boot not making the playoffs. I uh, I have an interesting philosophy on this one. I liked this. I liked this RPB, and I have my philosophy on it is this: I think it can go one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a middle ground, and there's a middle ground answer here, which is just return to the playoffs and not win. So I'm booting that. Because I don't think the middle ground exists. I think Joe Burrow's the guy, and if they get it together enough where he's winning games to get them to the playoffs, I think Joe Burrow's going to win you some games there, or win a game there. So to me, the the run comes down to will it fall apart and they never make it. It just it just doesn't click, and he's not the and Zach Taylor is not the coach. Um. Or does it come together? And I think if it does come together, I think it has high-end potential. It's sort of the anti-Marvin. It's the higher risk reward. Um, 
Whereas before, you felt like you had that baseline, but you knew what was going to happen here. The spectrum is very wide. For now, all I, all I know is can do is what I see. I, see, I, I know I've seen 317 and 1. I've been told a lot of things, but you know, you know what Marvin would say. See better than I hear. That's right. All I can go by is what I've seen at this point. That can change dramatically quickly. Uh, so I'm going to run with never make it. I'm going to pass on the playoff win, and I'm going to boot uh, return and don't win there. I, I think it's one or the other. I, and I, I think those first two, uh, we'll learn a lot about those over the next 11 games. <laughs> 11 games. Let's keep an eye on that before we spend all kinds of time discussing what should happen next after that. Um, Jay, you got stats. Let's let's give you let's give some time for some some stats here. One, you have stats on blitzes because we were just talking about blitzes. It's important to get to that. Um, what do you got there? Yeah, so I, we talked about how much Baltimore loves to blitz. They kept it up last week, uh, and you wrote about you know is that going to be the template? And so I, I I was curious. I went and I looked and to see who which teams blitz the most and which blitz blitz the least. And where's where's Indianapolis in that spectrum? Are are they going to be a team that's really going to come after Andy or come after Andy Dalton, come after Joe Burrow on Sunday? And the Indianapolis Colts have blitzed the second least number of times this year. These these are through week four. The the week five numbers are not up yet on Sport Radar, but through four weeks, the Indianapolis Colts blitzed nine percent of the time. I can't see them number one going in the 50 range or whatever it was that the, the Ravens did to, to Joe Burrow just because that's, that's a crazy jump. And then for the other reason I talked about earlier, you have an offense that can't do anything. If you, if you start throwing blitzes at, at, at Joe Burrow, something you're not used to doing and he burns you a couple times and they, the Bengals were to somehow get a, a double digit lead, then it's over for that offense. So I don't think we're going to see the Colts do what the Ravens did. Maybe they'll dial it up a little bit more, but, at this point, you are kind of what you are on defense, and and nine percent of the time is is so crazy low. Um, what's what's weird is three of the bottom four teams are teams on the Bengals schedule in the first six weeks. The Chargers blitz the least of anybody, eight point four. The Jaguars are fourth at seventeen point five, and then there's the Eagles at seven, nineteen point six. So other than the Ravens, the Bengals haven't really faced blitz heavy teams now. Pittsburgh's around the corner, but I, I don't I don't think you're gonna see a repeat on Sunday in Indianapolis with them just throwing a bunch of zero blitzes and coming after Joe Burrow. It just it doesn't fit their profile and it doesn't fit their risk management. Great stats there. I like that. Um and it's definitely something to consider. But Indy Indy also number one DVO defense. Uh like they, they, you know, that's not blitzing doesn't really matter to them. They've been super effective um, on that side of the ball. Uh, you have more stats that will lead us into our next topic. Uh, give me, give me your AJ Green stats. Yeah, so it it's been AJ Green has gone six weeks, six games. Sorry, six games. His last six, which. You know, the first one in this run, he only played 17 snaps before he went out with the injury um, in 2018. But he has, not, he has not caught a touchdown in his last six games. Uh, so I was curious what, what his longest drought was before that. And there were there were three instances where he went four games in a row without a touchdown. So this is 50% longer than his longest current streak. And even in those, in those other games, the, the first – stretch of four was the final four games of his rookie year in 11. He still had 15 catches for 225 yards over that period. And then the final three games of 2014 and the first game of 2015 without a touchdown. Cause if you remember that first game of 2015 was in Oakland and Tyler Eifert caught three of the touchdowns. He hogged them all. Uh, AJ green had 18 catches for 194 yards over that stretch. And then the final four of 2017, he didn't get in the end zone, but he still had 15 catches for 212 yards. Uh, right now, six games, 15 catches, 126 yards, no touchdowns. It's just this is the drought of all droughts for A.J. Green. The number, the number that just is 
for him that is just and, and we've discussed this ad nauseum why, but eight point five perception. It's just there's <laughs> just nothing there's just nothing there in in getting those fifteen yard AJ Green receptions, you know. That's that's the bottom line of it. Here's the here's the question I want to ask in regards to this and we can tie a bow on the AJ Green conversation that we started having the last couple of weeks in particular. If you want to read more, highly recommend uh Jay kind of dives in the blow by blow for what happened with the the video showing him saying just trade me to Troy Walters, um assistant wide receivers coach and what happened before and after um you know his I'm doing air quotes hamstring. <laughs> I mean, we don't. There was no. There was no view of AJ Green hurting his hamstring. He he ran a play to full to full steam, kind of threw his arms and head back in frustration, left the field on a third down and blew past everybody on the bench, to the bench, and they ran a third play without him. And then there was a long drive because the reader injury was in there, and AJ never came back, and we were told hamstring. And he was viewed during that point in time sitting on the bench uh, next to Troy Walter saying, if you don't want to use me, just trade me. Allegedly, maybe. Who knows? But but looks a lot like he says something like that. Um, He was shown several times on that bench, sometimes with Troy Walter, sometimes by himself with a bit of a scowl. And never was there a presence of any ice on said hamstring. Correct. This is all us reading between the lines. Here's here's the here's the question though. Where does this end? What is the end game this year? Oh, the course of these next eleven games. You almost wonder is it going to end in a grievance? I mean, he the the ankle injury was one thing. He had surgery. You but a, a hamstring tightness can can he could he even attempt to make this linger and and make this an ongoing thing. I don't know that he can. Um, I, I don't see him getting traded because there's no, there's zero trade value for the guy right now. The, the production is so low. The month, the cash is so high. I mean, I just think he, he, he and Zach have to work it out and, and maybe Joe Burrow and that, that mix as well. They've got to figure out a way to, to get him involved. But I think, I don't think AJ's expecting, you know, 12, 13 targets every game, but, um, clearly he was frustrated with, with how little he was targeted on, on Sunday. And they, I don't know what the end game is. That, that, that is a great question, but it, it doesn't, it just feels like every other great athlete that has come through this organization, it just feels like it's not going to end well. They have tried to get him involved early in these games and in big, I mean, week one, they threw it to him a ton. He had the defining target of the game with his OPI against the Chargers. Remember week two in Cleveland, they opened the game trying to throw deep to AJ. First play, let's try to, let's try to get it involved. His only reception against Jacksonville was a target on the first play of the game. Run a play for AJ right on the first play, three yards or whatever, and then they didn't. It didn't go back to the rest of the game. And so it's. There's obviously a concerted effort to try to get that going early and try to get him going. It's just not happening, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, to me, the end game is, I mean, he's got to keep playing, and they've got to keep trying to find a way to get him involved. And, you know, whether I – I don't know that we'll ever get to the point. Will we ever get to the point where he's not the starter? <laughs> that would probably – Go about as well as Carlos Dunlap, uh, but maybe worse. I don't know. I mean, at some point, you know, I, I think he'll continue to be the starter. I think they'll continue to try to use him. Uh, but you know, when you're when you're if you feel like you're not getting anything out of one of your three receiver spots, you you you've got to do something to try to win games. You know, it's the same conversation we had about Carlos Dunlap. If you're not producing, it shouldn't matter who you are. And to this staff, it it hasn't. They haven't necessarily been afraid to pull those triggers, especially on guys who are not their guys. 
So you wonder if it comes with a smaller role. Does it does it end in injury? Does it end in the claiming the hamstring thing is still is not going away? You know, it's it's hard to say at this point. Like to me, it's it's hard to say where it ends. He, he, he it, the time is now for AJ Green to start to find something, and if that means they have to, you know, they need to make a little bit more effort to try to draw stuff up for him. You know, they spent a lot of time with Joe Burrow, right? Uh, what do you love best? What do you want to do? What do you like the most? Let's bring your stuff in from LSU that you like to run. Let's get you comfortable. I think one of those needs to be had with AJ, and maybe and maybe it has. Joe, AJ, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan. What plays do you guys like that we can run for the two of you the most? Give me five. We'll run them all against the Colts. Let's find out what those are. We want you to be involved in doing things that you like to do, AJ, things that you're comfortable doing, you think that can succeed, and that Joe thinks can succeed. Let's find a way to make those work. They need to have those meetings because the connection is too important. You know, Tyler Boyd's calling him a role model after a game when, you know, we saw him go off midway through. And, and Aaron, you know, and there's frustration there, and that's fine. But, like, that relationship and his importance to this team, is, it's, 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 too, it's, it's too big of a deal to not be having that. Have that meeting with AJ involved, too, the one that you have every, every week, and show that you're trying more. Because whatever it is that's happening now clearly has all sides not on the same page. That's all. What happens if they have those meetings and then we, we see another another game like we've seen where they just can't connect with them? Because that's not out of the question. We You, you talked about Indies number one in DVOA. Uh, they are number one in total defense. And they are number one in pass defense, number three in rush defense. I mean, they, they are terrific. And it, it, it almost feels like this game. Remember uh, the two seven, 2017 preseason final, <laughs> seven to six and over in Indy. Oh. It feels like that, that's, or maybe that wasn't since I can't remember if they all go together, but it feels like that's what this game can be. Um, so yeah, that, that is what they need to do is sit down and figure out a way to get him involved. But then. If you if you take that step and it still doesn't click, then where are you left? Well, I you know I think it's a matter of showing the effort too. I mean, if you yeah. if you have five plays that the two of them love and AJ's the primary target and the ball goes elsewhere on two or three of them or one's incomplete, I think you can live with that. You're trying. You're working more with the guy to try to find things that he wants and feels like he likes to do, and he's the de- he's making more of the decisions on that. You know, because you know we've heard AJ talk about the scheme, and he's having to learn this, and he's got new stuff. Doesn't feel like he's being used. If if you know that they're trying, I think it's different, and and all, and winning helps too. I mean, by all accounts, AJ was super happy at least all that we'd heard after his one catch for three yards against the Jags because they won, and that's a big part of it too. When you lose and you're not involved, it's frustrating. Remember, A.J. Green turned on Ken Zampezi after a couple of games, uh, and they had to make a move at offensive coordinator a couple games in. And so he's not been afraid to air his frustration if he feels like they're losing and he's not involved. Um, So that's I think that's part of this too. But... You, you you just need to make the effort, I think, to try to find things that makes everybody know that you're trying to make them involved and trying to find things that work for them and him. That's all. I think I think that and maybe that has been going on. I mean, I, I don't know that um, it's questions worth asking if and when we get A.J. Green again. But, you know, to me, that's the type of thing I think an e- extra effort to make that happen is is what they need. If they have that meeting, do you think AJ says, you know, when Marvin was here, we had this thing called the Hail Mary offense, and it worked pretty well. <laughs> I'm pretty good on those Hail Marys. <laughs> yeah, let's try try more Hail Marys is the, uh, is, the, is the answer to that one. I love. Let's take a break in the action here and hear from one of our sponsors. I said I'm going to repeat the same thing that I said and tweeted and wrote. Many times, I it, last year I did. I see so much 2019 Ryan Tannehill in 
2020 Andy Dalton. It it felt like he was going to be a guy that would have a second life in a different place uh, by some set of circumstances. I didn't think it would be because of injury. I didn't think it would be because of Dallas in Dallas behind Dak Prescott. But you look at what and good for Andy. I mean, if you watched that, I don't know. And you're if you followed the Bengals at all, I don't know how you can't be happy for Andy Dalton. Good for him, you know. All time good guy, Andy Dalton. Get leading his team, you know, from his own basically his own ten with a minute left, with a couple of downfield dimes. By the way, uh, off script play and deep ball. How about that for the two things that Andy was ripped for here, not being able to do enough of? Was a how perfect he got deep ball. Perfect I mean, that ball. was unreal. Yeah, just and, and, and people have seen Andy lead wins like that in the past. Here, that's um, one thing that he had done well uh, over the years was be able to have pull out wins in in those spots, game winning drives. The weapons he's got <laughs> down there, like. He could really put together a hell of a 11-12 game stretch and revive and breathe new life into his career, which is what he wanted to do. And you could see him leading them in a terrible division where he's going to be playing a bunch of bad teams uh, to the playoffs, and you know probably losing there. But yeah, not not because of Andy, because they're not going to be that good of a team with that defense, and they're going to play real teams once they, if they you know make it. Uh, you can see that. You could totally see it happening. I, I'm happy for Andy, and I, I, I look forward to seeing him put up some big numbers because I think he's going to, um, and at least he's going to get a chance because there was a big, there was a, obviously a great shot. He wasn't going to get any chance this year, and he was going to be left laying there in the background again next year. At least this, this gives him what he wanted, and, and I think I hope Bengals fans are happy for him, and they probably have some rooting interest in Dallas now. That's that's what I was going to ask Bengal fans is is are you going to cheer for the Cowboys now? And the thing is, you look at the Dallas schedule and they only have three one o'clock games the rest of the year, and one of them is against the Bengals. So <laughs> if you want to watch Andy Dalton this year, you can. He's not he's not going to be playing at the same time. It, it is, I don't know, funny, ironic. It's Andy Dalton's first start as a member of the Cowboys is going to be in primetime, which is the other area where he struggled Monday night. They play Arizona. Actually, two of his first three uh, starts are are primetime. They've got their home against Arizona this week. And then in two weeks, they're at Philadelphia on Sunday night football. This week, it's Monday night football. But altogether, there's four primetime games for Andy Dalton. One in Baltimore where he struggled. I mean, just I don't know. Bengal fans wanted this. They they wanted to move on. They wanted they wanted Joe Burrow, but how gutting is that going to be for Bengal fans if if Andy runs the table and goes four and zero on prime time this year and leads the Cowboys to the playoffs? Yeah, with nothing but just dime deep balls to win games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know it's just it's fun to watch. Uh, it's part of what makes sports great is uh, watching somebody who you watch closely for a long time. You know, get a chance in a different set of circumstances. Um, and you know it's his it's his chance to to be this year's Ryan Tannehill, and uh, he'll, he'll get that shot. Um, uh, you know, good for Andy. I'm glad to see you hate to see it happen the way it did. What happened with Dak Prescott is awful. Um, nobody wants that. Um, not Andy or anybody. But from taking all of that out of it, uh, through Andy, just for Andy's perspective and his career, it's it's going to be fun to watch. And I, I would think that Bengals fans will be watching closely. I know optimistic Bobby is. Because it's something we talked about, uh, and we also talked about our growler bet winner, Matt Weller. So I hope he's listening, because we are we've, we've lined up a special listener experience for Matt Weller uh, for his win on the 161 Baltimore rushing yards growler bet. So, um, all right, here's uh here's my conversation. Much asked for conversation bringing back what Bengals fans most need right now and that's some optimism from our guy owner of 50 West Brewing Company Bobby Slattery really this has been clamored for I have had multiple people uh hit me up on Twitter after every single definitely after every loss but really pretty regularly to say where is optimistic Bobby we need optimistic Bobby back what is going on? And and then and then Sunday happened, and I was like, 
now is the time. Bengals Nation needs you. They need optimism. They need hope. And that's why I've brought in our good friend and owner of uh, 50 West Brewing Company, Bobby Slattery. Optimistic Bobby to those who know. What's up, Bobby? Welcome back. Who Hey! Yeah! You're in it. You're still in it. I'm still in it. This is the this is a fun season to watch. This is a, it. Really is. I, this is uh, uh, you know, I don't. Uh, the The team is not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Well, man, they they still potentially could. You're but, giving uh, up on the Super Bowl already? No, 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 no. no. I just, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this season. Uh, when I think back of what it takes to build a, a good team, I I know. I think there's a lot of reasons to be happy with what's going on. There are a lot of reasons to be happy with what's going on. I mean, Joe Burrow's here, and he is the greatest thing ever. He's the prince of Southern Ohio. He is. He is. He is the crown. He is the prince, and he's here to. Uh, he's here to assume his crown and his throne, uh, and 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 be everything that you ever wanted him to be. Did you ever succeed in um, trying to connect with that endorsement deal? Or did no, you, have, you, have you kept trying to drop beer off at his, his parents' doorstep in Athens? Athens. Yes. We are all over him in Athens all the time. <laughs> we have yet to connect with him. Uh, but yes, we're doing everything that we possibly can. Uh, it's, it's just so good. Okay. His, I love you. You can just tell everybody knows everybody can tell he's the guy like there's the way even coming out of loss yesterday, just the things he's saying, he's just, he's the guy. And that was a bad, I mean, that was his, that was his rookie game, right? Like that was the one that made him before that. It was like, this guy doesn't really look like a rookie. That was the, you look like a rookie. You're making the mistakes. You're, you're panicking. Granted, you know, our offensive line could, could be protecting him a little bit better. Could be, could be, but here's the thing. This is what the good news and all this is. When I look at it, it's very glaring what our need is, right? Like <laughs> now there's a fact. Okay. Here's the, here's the positive coming out of yesterday. I mean, after watching that Browns game, it was like, oh, my God, how are we ever going to stop the run? Like, this team cannot stop the run. It never will be able to stop the run. And at the end of the day, like, these good football teams, when I remember watching those Carson Palmer teams progress and become, like, a, a good team, what the what those teams really did was they moved the team, you know, they on the offensive side of the ball, they pushed them back. And on the defensive side of the ball, they pushed them the other way. And we don't have that right now. But I think that that getting that, we're not too far away from getting that. I think it's a few picks, um, and I think the other pieces are, are really coming into play. They did still give up 6.7 yards per carry yesterday. <sighs> did they really? Yeah. <laughs> well, there was the no, okay, know, there was the one play the end around worse uh, right there, you know, right? for 42 yards, and then they had yes. another one for 34. Those will get you. Those will hurt yeah. the average. You know, yeah. <laughs> two for how 72. About way, how about the way they pl- played Lamar Jackson though? Like. It it was I think that's like the blueprint of how to how to beat that guy. Yeah, I think it, they they that was definitely a team that had seen the spin move one too many times. On, I mean, I don't think they jumped. They never jumped. Like they were told, like don't jump, run to the outside. If he does anything, yes. just turn around and run to the outside every single time. Yeah. It was so, really like it was good. So you've got hope. So you you've you've got hope. You're you're not giving up. Uh, you know if, if, anything if yet. If you're a Bengals fan, you just hope for consistent improvement across the season. And the Ravens are really, really, really good. Uh, they the hope the hope with this is the next time we play the Ravens, we play a more competitive game against. Them. You know that's the narrative that'll turn come out of this, right? It will be it'll be judging this team on progress. You know, it'll be that week they'll beat them in week seventeen when the Ravens have something to play for and say, look how much better they are in week seventeen compared to week five and the progress they made. And it's that end of the season win to go four and eleven and one or five and ten and one or whatever. And uh, look at the progress. Here they go. Right. That's gonna be it. It's gonna be comparing week 17 to week five and Bengals fans are back. Absolutely. Uh that's I think that's my biggest conundrum right now is do you want them to be close in every game and lose so they get a higher pick? Or do you want them to continually show progress? Uh, you definitely like to be close enough to get like the best tackle in the draft. Yeah, you 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 want right? that. Like how exciting yeah. was that? 
Yeah, the kid from Oregon yeah, is I supposed know. to be really good. So every, everybody's like, hey, if we could just stay, win a couple, but stay in the top five, you know? Imagine, though, again, imagine if they had number one, although there's some really bad teams, I think, that are probably going like to. The We're Jets look like they're going to they stake out for number one and Trevor Lawrence. But imagine what you could do. You could trade out if you had number one. Incredible. I've thought about it. It would be, that's like the, you get the Hall of Picks. Uh, oh. You keep Joe Burrow. You get you get a you get a bunch of ones. I, so yes, that would be that would be one way to look at it in a, in a good light. I think that would that would play out really nicely for us. Or you see uh, you see improvement within the current team. Some players that may or may not have been like a keeper become a keeper over the course of the season. Uh, I don't know. I like I like the uh, when the expectations are where they are right now. I just like being able to go into every game and not be just absolutely demoralized when they lose. Right. Like, like it's, you, you're not, you know what you're, you know what you're watching right now. Yeah. That, I mean, little demoralization yesterday. I don't think so. I don't, (laughs) you can't be demoralized and they have not gotten to the point where they can't have a winning record yet. They have not hit the, the optimistic hobby number yet. Where you say, Hey, we were, we're totally out, which is, which right now I think would be, I guess it's technically seven losses now, right? No, no, no. Well, no. I mean, it would be eight, eight losses. Yeah, it's. I mean, right now, as good as the North is, it's an uphill. It's a bit, a bit of a climb, a bit of an uphill battle. I, I like, I like that they have a plan against Lamar. Right? They, they got a plan against Lamar. That was a positive. We were in that game to the fourth quarter. I don't know how, but like, legitimately in that. The they just need to top. protect, and and then and, and and you know, hope you get some learning moments uh, from Joe Burrow. Uh, I need to talk to you about something because uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we've been going pretty hard on the Bengals growler bet this year, uh, where yes. we are offering if people could hit a statistic right on the number from a game that uh, they put in their their prediction of what it will be, and if they do, I will personally buy them a growler of delicious 50 West beer. And I've been talking about how a growler of home sweet home right now is pretty much a prized possession in any household. It would not survive in mine, of course, um, very long, which is why I, I had a bad feeling that I was going to lose the growler bet this week because we made it Ravens rushing yards and it's an easier number to pinpoint. And I ended up with like 90 submissions. Okay, like with everybody wants a piece of the action. Okay, and we had a winner uh, of of home sweet of well whatever it's their choice of a growler of fifty West beer on me, uh, and so congratulations to them. But people really wanted to win. It is free beer. I mean, I am offering free beer, so it's hard it's to turn it down, and especially uh, uh, your Jeez. delicious sort. Thank so, you. Thank you. So I'm just here to put you on the spot and say, you know, if you want to, you know, chip in on this. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> remember we, we, we offered free beer to everybody. What was that? When the, when the, with the Steelers? That's right. You were going to have the fridges. You were going to have the locked up fridges. We were going to open it up if they wanted the game. That was a fun one. And we, and we almost did. It was, it was close. You were getting real nervous. You were getting What do you want? Nervous. Okay. So, so what, what, what do you want from my, you want, obviously. Well, I got I to gotta talk to our winner and find out what they want. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a growler of of their choice of of your on taps there, uh, and that that will be for them. They that will get in contact, and I'll let you know. I just wanted to make sure. Well, that's it's gonna be presented by me, and we're gonna sit down and have a beer. Wow. When they come down to pick it up, tell them to give me like five minutes. We'll talk about the Bengals. There you go. Damn thirty minutes. We'll sit there. Whatever they want. First of all, no one can have a only five-minute conversation with Optimistic That's Bobby. That's, That's a fact. You're, you're min 15 minutes in if you're going Absolutely. down there and sitting down talking bangles. That's just a fact. Now, so that, so you're throwing in. You're throwing in a sit-down with Optimistic Bobby into this? I mean, if, yeah, as no, if man. I didn't already have enough people submitting to be part of the action. Now I've got yeah, I know. this. Yeah, we'll, I've got to make we'll it harder, down. though. I can't do we'll this sit- every week. We'll sit down over a beer and talk about all the good things that are happening with the Bengals. Why we should be happy. And uh, what else could you ask for? I love it. So you're, so you're all in, you're still feeling good. A lot of positivity, a lot of good things to take out of this. I love it. I love it. This is a fun year. It reminds me of, okay. So I, I, do you remember when Carson beat the Ravens 
This is 27 to 26 was the final. You remember that game? Yes. It was that was it was the like over the hump game for them. You got it. And that was a fun thing. I remember I remember touchdown to TJ to win it in the final seconds, I believe. I was sitting at Kincaid's in Chicago, uh, which was the official for anybody living in Chicago right now. That was the Bengals, uh, the Bengals bar of Chicago at the time. Um, and I was sitting there, I remember watching it and going, Whoa, this is it. He's legit. Like this guy's legit. And I really, I always really like any opportunity that we can relive optimistic Bobby Chicago stories. Just great. That was, that was a good time in my life. It's good time. A good time in your life. Uh, all right. Well, again, uh, thank you for everything that you do uh, down there. Uh, Chillicothe is going to be open soon. Very excited. I, about yes. a month away from that. We're about a month away. We're occupancy. I think it's taken this week, and then we're four weeks out after that. So everybody in Southern Ohio. Uh, Joe Burrow's neighbors. Uh, we we're gonna have a. Uh, we could be more excited about it, and uh, and we got an ice skating rink coming at Fifty West uh, over at the Burger Bar. So if you're into ice skating, uh, come on down and bring your kids, bring your wife, bring your kids, and get some beers, watch some Bengals and ice skate. You guys are so wild. I love it. Ice skating rink. I love it. It's, it's insane. Everything, the world's insane right now, right? Why? Why? I love it. I will be there, and I, I don't have ice skates, but I'll definitely. I, will definitely I used to love that. The zoo used to do that. They don't do the ice skating rink anymore at the zoo. I don't yeah, think. you would think it's probably. There's a lot of places that used to do it and don't do it anymore, which yeah. leads me to believe this is probably not a good financial decision that I'm making. Uh, but given the circumstances of the world, uh, why not? Right. Why not? I love it. I love it. Ice skating rink at 50 West. Cannot be more excited for that. Uh, plus as I keep telling people best fall beer ever home, sweet home in cans in cans. And you can find it in the stores, which is so great now. Not that I don't love coming down and filling up the growler. Cause I do. And I have, but I love just being able to swoop it, throw it on the click list if I need to from Kroger and it just shows up in my fridge. It's fantastic. Thank you. We appreciate awesome. appreciate your support. And everybody of course. Bengals fans, keep your head up. This is, this is, we have a lot of reasons to be happy right now. Hey, how uh, about at this? least I nine? Gotta, I got to bring this up and this is for all those Browns fans out there, but like, you know, that the Baker Mayfield crushing loss is right around the corner for them. Like <laughs> they have, if you're a Bengals fan, Joe's the guy. He's yeah. going to be the guy. He's going to make it happen. If you're a Browns fan, they all secretly know that Baker is going to do something stupid that's going to lead to the reason they can't win. And then they got to go back to finding the guy, which, you know, finding the guy is not a fun thing to go through for everybody that fought about Andy Dalton. Hey, how about Andy Dalton? How about Andy Dalton? Huh? Good for him. It's a, there's a whole lot of good for him's going around. Like it's you just root for it. I have one line that I have used about Andy Dalton since he got benched last year, and that is, I see a whole lot of Ryan Tannehill in Andy Dalton's future, and what Ryan Tannehill did to reinvent himself in Tennessee could be what we're about to see Andy Dalton do in Dallas. He's going to have the opportunity to, and he's got a crap load of weapons around him, which we know he can make that work. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy for him and that he'll have a chance to uh, resurrect his career in Dallas over the next, whatever, 10, 12 games, maybe more. Oh, maybe look at that playoff win. Hold on. We're going to play Andy Dalton. That's correct. In December, he will come back to Cincinnati for his, and he will be the quarterback. So that will be a fun, fun game. That will be great. That'll be great. Good job, Andy Dalton. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you joining and lifting the spirits of a Bengals fan base that looks upon you for such things. So we appreciate it as always. And I'll be in contact about you, uh, about you're going to have a, a sit down meeting with our guy. I love it. Thank you so much. Who day? Who day? Oh, it's so nice to hear back from Bobby again. It, you know, you just, you just feel all the negativity that we talked about going too far into the early part of the show. You just, you, you get this, and it's just, ah, a breath of breath of fresh air and beer makes you feel makes you feel good. And congrats. Looking forward to. I have been in contact with Matt, and it sounds like the uh, the experience is going to happen where Matt's going to come down to Fifty West and uh, have a growler and a drink. On and with Bobby Slattery. I mean, to, 
I, I pointed out there is no short conversation with Bobby, so the idea of it being five to ten to fifteen minutes is probably unrealistic. You're looking at at least a half hour if you bring up the Bengals around him. Uh, much less if the beer is flowing at his own establishment. So that should be fun. They're putting in an ice rink at 50 West, which I'm very excited about <laughs> just because they're just ridiculous. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. And they're opening up their chill coffee spot in a month, which is great. Um, cool to see all the fun things happening there and uh, that bit of optimism that we all needed. Yeah, after hearing from him, I, can I change my run pass or boot? I, I want to <laughs> run with they're going to win a playoff game. <laughs> That's what you need. That's what you need. Uh, so, and, and also the growler bet. Do you know, were, were there any 162s? Was there anybody that no, missed by one? Because if you no, remember the there final was a couple, play. There was were a couple a, of misses. There were a couple of misses by a couple yards. There was like a 164, a 159. A, there were a couple in that area, but there was no 162 that I noticed. Yeah, because the game ended with a, a one-yard kneel down. Oh, what a bad that, beat that would be. That would. It's a great win for our winner. Hey, though. Matt. Matt's sitting there just sitting on that kneel down, baby. That's great. That's fantastic. All right. Uh, we'll, that'll wrap us up. Reminder, the Growler uh, coming your way on Thursday, and we were going to have a special debut of our new intro uh, and more there. Plus, it's Zach Kiefer, uh, who covers the Colts with a lot of good insight on what's going on there with a, a team that is a, is scrambling a bit for considering how well their defense is playing and want to talk a little bit about you know his vision watching the entire career of Andrew Luck through the lens of Joe Burrow, uh, which I think is going to be a really interesting conversation. That is coming up on The Growler later this week, plus we'll have our predictions and everything else. Reminder, all the coverage from Jay, myself, Zach, Stephen Holder in Indy, every team across the league, different sports, Premier League, you name it, over 400 reporters, insiders everywhere. Uh, you have it all under one bubble. Subscribe to The Athletic. Now you can get a free trial. Just go to theathletic.com slash hear that podcast growling. Click on the link and you can subscribe there. We would love to have you on board. We promise we work hard every day to make it worth it. So thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you next time on Hear That Podcast Growling.